What's up, guys? My name is Carrie Harvey. I'm a certified personal trainer and I'm the owner of K Harvey Fit. Welcome to the Graceful Gains podcast, where we're talking all things fitness, mental health, and self image. Right, so today in this episode, we are talking about starting your own business, starting your own YouTube channel, just any uh, project that you have been thinking about taking on, any way that you have been uh, thinking about making your own money. We're discussing that today. And I think that especially because of the pandemic, um, a lot of people have been starting to contemplate, how can I make my, how can I become my own boss? What, what side hustles can I take on? Um, what businesses can I create to where I work strictly for myself? Um, and obviously when you're starting to think about that, you're thinking about the logistics first, uh, but we're gonna kind of bypass that today. And I just wanna talk about the natural fear that you might have or the feelings of, uh, I mean, imposter syndrome, really, when it comes to uh, creating your own business uh, starting your own YouTube channel, whatever the case may be. Just that feeling of possibly not being good enough, not knowing enough. Um, and so I thought, who better to have on than Brian? Brian is an entrepreneur. He's a web developer. He's a business owner himself. Uh, he truly understands all of these fears. So first of all, thank you for agreeing to talk with me today. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah. I definitely wanted to talk to you because, you know, I'm sure that you've felt that way or you've spoken to people who have felt that way. Did you, you go through that imposter syndrome when you started? Absolutely. I started uh, building websites probably about 10 years ago and I finally had the confidence to take the leap and do something about it two years ago. So in that 10 year time span, there was a lot of imposter syndrome that I was experiencing. Yeah, yeah, I think for me as well, um, I, you know, it's only been about a year, but just in the beginning and now it's scary, it's messy, it's, you know, it's a work in progress. Um, and I definitely stalled for a long time because, you know, I doubted my abilities or I doubted my knowledge. Um, did you have experience building websites before you, you know, like started that as your business or did you kind of just like jump in? So I started off building websites because I had a mentor and uh, he kind of came to me and thought that was something I would be good at. And so for the first probably five or six websites, it was just me looking over his shoulder, giving advice. Mm -hmm. And so um, then when I was actually in the driver's chair doing it myself, it became completely different. You know, when you're watching someone do something, you have all the answers and you can kind of adapt and say what you need to say. But when your capabilities is what's actually building or directly involved in the success of what's going on, it can be more challenging than not. So what I actually started doing was um, building my knowledge. And um, that was the first step that I kind of took because before I was just kind of selling websites and then I would come time to build them. 
and I'm kind of like piecing things together and <laughs> it would be for family friends or like someone it'd be a free website so the expectation was already at zero but I would realize then that okay I need to do a little bit more research and different things in that area I gotcha mm -hmm. and then I mean were there moments when you were making the websites when you were first starting out that you were comparing what you were accomplishing with maybe what your mentor had been accomplishing hands down i would try to figure out like one little thing that he did that would just change the entire flow or visual aesthetic of the website and mm -hmm. i could never find it and so what helped me was to actually like stop comparing and just realized that he was his own individual developer and I was my own individual developer and my way of doing things and my brand and my style would be completely different. And you think about it like artists, like some people sing R&B, some people sing country, some people do folk. I don't know what else people are doing, but those are the main ones that come to mind. And based on those things, like if a folk singer compared their singing ability and range to a gospel or R&B singer, you're going to find a lot of limitations. But if a folk singer compared themselves to themselves and tried to pre present the best possible work that they can do, then that breeds more confidence than anything else could possibly do. So mm -hmm. I started applying that and benefited from that greatly. Yeah, I appreciate that because I, I definitely think um, for myself, I was the opposite. I started comparing and then it was just like, stop. Stay. I mean, like there was, there was no progress because I was comparing so much. And I mean, you know, if, if I'm looking at someone else's personal training business and I'm thinking I have to do it exactly like them and I'm not, then I, I started getting in my head with, you know, that feelings of wanting it to be perfect. And if it's not going to be perfect, then I'm just not going to do it. And that, that just ultimately stalled my progress, you know? So I appreciate the fact that you, even though you were comparing, you compared to see how you could get better. Um, but then when you realized, well, I'm not going to be him, then I'm just going to focus on doing what I can do best. Yeah. Thinking too, sometimes when you compare yourself to an expert, um, you forget the fact that they were once where you are now, you know? So that mentor that you had he probably also has a mentor <laughs> or yeah. someone that helped him get to where he's at. Yeah, I agree. And it's like people that are in those situations is like, like you said, they put in the time, they put in the hours, they failed plenty of times. Like a lot of people are really afraid of failure, but failure is probably the most beautiful thing that you can experience during your journey because someone can tell you to do something and you do it and it works and you're like, okay, cool. But when you don't have an answer, or you present an answer that's not the right one and, and you have to come back and research and figure out what to do and you put in time and energy and effort, like your payment for your time and your energy and effort is satisfaction. And that's one of the direct things that solved imposter syndrome for me is failing. You, you have different influences that can allow you to feel negative about yourself or positive or think differently, but just by you staying on your path that you've measured for yourself, then you, you'll be good. Yeah. You can grow. Absolutely. Your personality, your drive, your why, like they're not you. And I, like I said, it sounds cliche, but they're not. And so the, the reasons that drive you to create whatever it is that you're trying to create, the 
the um, the quirks and qualities that you have, you put that into your business and it makes it different than the other person's. Because I do think that sometimes people are like, well, there's already somebody out there that makes websites or there's already somebody out there who's personal training. Why do I, why should I, you know, worry about doing the same thing? Yeah. Is, is it an oversaturation of, of, you know, whatever business, whatever field of business, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> whatever field of business I'm trying to get into, what's the point in me joining? Yeah. See, and that's the thing about like just starting off with something and getting comfortable with it is like every phase has an advantage when you're experienced and you're solid and you have an established business, your reputation is speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. But when you're brand new, you're hungry, you're hardworking and you're desperate for results. So going with someone at the beginning is just as beneficial as going with someone at an expert level. So capitalizing on whatever advantages you have, no matter what phase you're at, is probably the wisest choice that you can make because, you know, you might come in and, you know, be balanced in your viewpoint because coming in and, and talking to people, if you oversell yourself, they're going to expect something that you don't have to offer. Mm -hmm. Now you're stressed out. Now you're burning, uh, uh, what is it? Burning the candle okay. at both ends. And you're stressing to get results. And instead of focusing on the end result, you're focusing on your reputation. You know, that's why I don't really believe in faking it till you make it. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's power in honesty and saying, you know, I'm, I'm new to this. I would love to work with you because I want the experience. Mm -hmm. um, or I would, I, I don't know the answer to that question that you have, but I want to know the answer too. So I'm going to look it up. We're going to find the best, you know, research based on it. And there's no, you don't have to worry about an expert who may be like, you know, they have their own way of doing things and maybe it's not the correct way. I, I'm going to tell you the exact correct way because I'm going to research it. It'll be fresh in my brain and we're going to work through it together. And yeah. I think that there's, there's value in that. Can I ask you a question or is that later? No, please. Okay. So you've struggled with imposter syndrome, correct? Mm -hmm. So how has pushing through your imposter syndrome and like the different things that you've done benefited your clients? I think that it has helped me because, like I said earlier, I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that clients can really trust you when they know that you're not just feeding them a whole bunch of lies. Like you truly, you've, you're, you're learning in order to benefit them and yourself. Um, and so even though I don't know everything right away, and sometimes I may be feeling like I'm not doing good enough or I don't know enough, um, realizing that I'm not going to know everything right now, but it's okay to continue to learn and grow has helped me give my clients fresh um, knowledge. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that does. That does. Because it's like your passion is contagious mm -hmm. and that's what is getting them the results is the fact that you want to help them more so than what you don't know yeah absolutely yeah. what about for somebody who they want to you know start start with youtube before you know starting a business would you suggest that for somebody would you suggest that they start uh, with some some type of free platform um, to give out advice before they start charging people for it? Now, we discussed honesty, so I'm going to keep it consistent. Like, 
I'm a hypocrite when it comes to this topic because I have none of these things. But what I've suggested to clients and what I've seen work is that like you jumping in with both feet and tracking your progress. Yeah, you're not a multi-million dollar company, but you have some experience because you took step one and some people are still figuring out what step one even is. So by you tracking that progress, you're building content that people want to watch. So by you creating free content, it's people seeing you at your most vulnerable moment. And then as your success starts to build, they're riding with you. They believe in you just as much as you believe in yourself because you've proven it through your actions. So, um, Facebook, uh, YouTube's probably the best because you can get more focused content and then you can promote it on your social media platforms and kind of go from there. But a thousand percent free, you can't be free because every client that you get from free is a hundred percent profit. Um, so, and the other things kind of come better later. So if you build your foundation on all of what you have in your in your reach, your the people that you currently deal with on Facebook, Instagram, uh, all social media, and you start to build yourself as a reputable source that has, like, let's use you for an example, um, fitness training. At first, they're like, okay, what's Carrie got going on? Like, oh, okay, all right, you know, I was hanging out with her last weekend. She was telling me about this. And then they start to see the progress being made. And at first they'll like just to support you just because they believe in you. Mm. And then, you know, who knows where that journey could take them. They could go and play sports with their friends one weekend and, and it'd be something that they haven't even consciously realized is an issue for them. And okay, hey, do you have knee soreness? And they're like, I did notice knee soreness the last time I played football. And you're doing an exercise that's putting them onto a way to avoid that. Now you solved a problem for them that they didn't even know they have. And that's building trust and authority with you. And that's contributing to your brand. And any business owner can follow that same template to gain success and, and, and to get results. I definitely agree. I mean, for most business owners as well, you're starting out, I mean, with a, a small amount of, of whatever savings you have, whatever that you're going to invest into your business, but you want to use it wisely. So for me, starting out paying for marketing or paying for, for um, things that later on would be helpful, it wasn't necessarily feasible at first. Um, yeah. So taking advantage of those uh, free avenues to promote and market has been very helpful. It has definitely paid off. Yeah. You can't beat organic. Mm. That's right. Yeah. And then, you know, as you continue to grow, obviously every business is different, but pricing may change as you, you know, continue to grow, as your expertise gets a little bit better. But when you're starting out and you're trying to figure out where to set your pricing point, that was something that I really struggled with um, at first. Where would you say, you know, somebody should go to look for the you know the average prices for the services that they want to offer oh that's a good question that's a good question because it has like depending on the industry depending on the research and the nature of the business it can vary but what i would say as a blanket statement for everyone to try is to make your first project no matter what it is free and provide every single level of uh, results that you can provide for them and then at the end of that, ask the person, if you had to pay for this, how much would this be worth to you? 
typically you might be thinking, okay, I would have personally charged them $1,500 for this service. And they're like, I would have paid 6,000. Now you can take that 6,000 and put that as a timestamp. And now you have a, a hardcore results that you can test and prove that you've tested and can prove to the client that you can um, bring to them. And people can't argue with hard evidence. So people can try to whatever and do whatever and try to argue and want this and want that. But when you see a business that's flourishing and thriving based off of tested scientific results, it's hard to argue that. And if they want those results, the only thing holding them against that is $6,000. If the clientele that you're reaching is in that, that margin, they're going to find $6,000. Now, if they're not in that margin, and let's say you pick a niche that doesn't have such a huge budget, then you need to adapt to the budget of the people that you're trying to contact. So it's all based on your client and what you're trying to do and the goals that you have for your business. And so a lot of people gain knowledge and understanding of what they want to do. And then they're like, I want this money. I want this, that, 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 and that. And then they just go into the, the world and start applying pressure to get those results. But how do you know you can get the answers to those questions to be yes if you haven't tested and proven. And so once you realize what's a good fit for your business and your situation, then you can apply pressure with confidence. And that imposter syndrome is gonna be lurking in the background instead of kicking in the door and being a dominant force in the situation. Yeah. What's funny is when you said do it for free, I'm thinking free. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> I said I was broke, remember? I said I was... <laughs> but, but I mean, that just means those first few services that you're offering free, you give your all to them, you know, like you really put your all into customer service, answering whatever questions uh, there may be, just, I mean, top tier customer service so that you're able to know what you really could be potentially making off of this service. And that client is more inclined to possibly pay for it the next time, you know? Exactly. And I said free or like a discounted rate, but the thing is, is like being strategic with that because you're already taking a loss from a financial standpoint because you're doing it for free and you're gaining experience. But if you have to choose the right people, because if the client's going to be difficult or the client you think is going to be more work than is worth it then that's not a benefit for you. You know, you want to get results the fastest way that you can possibly get results so that the client's happy and you can move on to the next situation. So if it's something that's going to slow you down or slow them down or whatever the case might be, that might not be the best case for you, but it's all about like doing your research from the beginning before you even, um, break and start like talking to the client, knowing exactly what you want and trial and error. Okay, I failed on this one. So that didn't really work out too well. Let me take the good parts of this and contribute it to a new situation and kind of bounce from that. And, you know, don't allow, it's like have a, the memory of a goldfish. Like if something bad happens, keep it moving because there was good that happened too. So take the good, move on to the new situation, fix, adjust and adapt as you go. Yeah, mm -hmm. I like that. I really like that memory of goldfish, okay. I'm going to remember that. Show. I'm not going to take complete credit. <laughs>
but it works. Yeah. The main takeaway from, from what we've said so far is just like imposter syndrome may happen. For most people, it does happen at some point, um, but you can't allow it to freeze you. And, yeah. you know, then you're stuck and you're not making any progress. Um, but if you break it down into baby steps from research on into, you know, offering services for free or at, at a discounted rate, um, and then kind of trying to figure out what price point would be best for whatever your clientele may be. Um, mm -hmm. All of these are steps that you can take to slowly make that progress. And you may still be doubting yourself along the way, but then that's when we, what'd you say? Memory of a goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> we, we experience those moments and then you keep it pushing. So I, I wanted to ask you, what, what would be one of your number one tips for someone who is considering starting a business? Um, do your research. You know, um, some people are naturally research people and they'll sit down and plan out everything. I would say starting a business is not just about the money that comes with it and how people are going to view you in the end. It's about you. It's a it's a, a self growth process because essentially you have to change certain things about yourself, certain characteristics in order to be more functional to service your clients. So mm -hmm. I would say to sit down and before you even get into the business, write down your weaknesses. If you're not an organized person, go to YouTube and figure out how to get organized. If you're, if you struggle with delivery, you know, figure out what people are doing in order to deliver, you know, and from those, whatever, and that goes for any various things that you could think of. And so whatever that case might be, like double down, figure out what that is. And in the meantime, you, you, you uh, figure out what you're doing or what your product is that you're selling. Um, you think about if you go to college, right? You have a curriculum. And a lot of times you have your major and then you have electives that have nothing to do with your major. And so it's the same with business. You have your product and the time that you spend working on it. Then you need to work on sales. You need to work on engagement. You need to work on marketing. You need to figure out all these different departments. And so when you first start off, you have more time than you have money. So you have to split your time up in a way to where you can delegate energy into all of these things to where they're running functionally. So to start off, I would say, figure out how much time and how much energy you have, figure out the mandatory things that you need in order to move and keep it pushing and isolate your focus on those in those time frames and be disciplined and just solve as many problems as you can for yourself and those around you and you'll be useful. I was thinking one of the things that's been most helpful to me is to um, have a mentor of some sort, um, somebody who is a little bit more familiar with maybe the industry you're in or just, I mean, just owning a business in general it's good to have somebody who you can bounce off ideas with. Um, I think you do have to be careful with that. Yeah. There are a lot of people just waiting to hear your idea to, you know, run with it. Exactly. So I, I, do, I do see how that's something that you need to be aware of, but finding somebody that you can trust to bounce ideas off of. I think one thing that's been beneficial to me um, is I had somebody recently tell me that I need to come up with some type of elevator pitch. Um, some way to quickly explain what my business is in 30 seconds or less, because that's about all the attention span that I'll get from someone. 
Yeah. However, me, um, I'm a very passionate person when it comes to my business. I can ramble and it's and it probably doesn't even make much sense. Up here it does. Up in my head it makes you know clear sense, but coming out it doesn't always. And I think it's very easy to think think that that means, well, I'm just not good a good communicator and I just shouldn't I, maybe I don't need a business because I can't explain what I do. Yeah. <laughs> but I think seeing it the other way, seeing it as I'm that passionate about it, mm-hmm. I'm that excited about it. So I need to figure out how to say it in a shorter amount of time. But that's a good thing that I'm so passionate about it. I'm almost bursting with excitement, you know, but finding somebody who can help you hone those those skills to, to you know, improve in your your quality of business and customer service and all that. I agree with that. And, you know, a lot of times everybody has a different situation. Some of us have people that we can directly go to and talk to, and some of us don't. And if you don't, that's not a problem because what you do is you go to your niche, you figure out that, and you go to YouTube and watch one video from one person. Then you watch another video on the same topic from a second person. Then you tap into a third one from a third person, fourth and fifth. And out of those five videos, there's going to be a commonality between the the five of those. And what you realize is you're going to have a guy that comes from a background that you're not familiar with. You're going to have a guy that has been through some things that you haven't been through, but he says good advice. You're going to find someone that's been exactly through what you've been through. And um, you're going to find someone that might just have a good way of expressing themselves. They're a great teacher. They're adaptable to various different circumstances. And you follow those people and support them on their YouTube. And as you support them, they're going to start releasing courses and doing different things. And you start paying for their courses. And now they're sharing all of that information with you. And there's your mentor. Because typically when you buy somebody's course on YouTube, they'll have a Facebook group that you can join. And it's a bunch of people like you that supported them and them giving you advice. And now you have a mentor. Now you have accountability buddies. Now you have a system. So no one's hopeless. Absolutely. Um, I don't even know if this is truly along the lines of what you were thinking, but when you were saying that, it made me think about how, um, in addition to getting advice from people who are in your industry or whatever the case may be, it's also not a bad idea to use the resources like Instagram to ask your followers what they want to see, what they want, what kind of services they would be interested in you providing. Um, I've seen a lot of people, and I've even done this myself, asking followers, you know, what kind of services do, do you think that would be beneficial? How much would you pay for this service? You know, all of that kind of stuff. Why, why not? Why wouldn't you ask the people who you would like to eventually become, you know, your, your clients or, or um, support your business, why wouldn't you ask them what they want? Yeah, absolutely. Can, and can I ask you a question and attest to that since you're the Instagram yeah. person? Like, <laughs> what if you're comfortable, what are some questions that you've been able to ask and talk to with people about that you've gotten the best results from? I think uh, one of them, especially with the pandemic, um, has been, you know, how many of you are still working out at home? Um, and that has helped me to figure out, is it more likely that I will be able to um, get clients who need programs, work at home programs, or do they need gym programs? 
yeah. or do they need both? Which, you know, it seems like is, is the case. I've yeah. also asked, um, you know, have you had a trainer in the past? How much did you pay that trainer? How much would you be willing to pay for um, a 30-day virtual service? That kind of stuff. Um, and it has helped me to, to kind of, you know, decide what my pricing is going to be like and, and what people are really looking for. So yeah. I like it. It's been helpful. It's free. It's a yeah. free focus group. It's free. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. People that are already tuned into you and your brand. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I think, you know, just in addition to that, if you are using Instagram, it's great to to go back to those people who do comment on it um, and and who do, you know, say what they would be interested in and let them know specifically, like DM those people and let them know, hey, I heard you. Thank you for for, you know, participating in this. If you come out with a program that they have requested or something similar to it, let them know I, I'm coming out with this or I think I may do something similar to what you were, were saying you might be interested in and, and just kind of continue to cultivate that. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's, yeah. that's fantastic advice. And you definitely get to see the results from that too. So, yeah. All right, Brian. Well, let me ask you, is there any last thing that you would want to say to someone who is listening to this, is starting to get their confidence up, realizing it's okay to be a, a beginner, it's okay to be a newcomer? What is the, what's the last thing you want them to know? The last thing I want them to know is have confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. Because during this journey, it is going to be ups and downs. There's going to be times where you're heavily celebrated. There's going to be times we have two or three people that believe in you. And there's going to be times where you only see it until there's evidence that can be proved of it. And that's not to knock anybody because everybody has different things going on for them. Some people are more comfortable working nine to fives. Some people are comfortable doing different routes and like don't allow tradition to limit your success. If you want a certain results and you're listening to people that have those results, then like you have nothing to be worried about. And um, don't let any negativity slow you down. Like you can get the exact type of client that you want. You can get them the results that you want because you've obviously been putting in the work and being passionate and kind of moving how you want to move and like create a community of people that understand what it takes to, to go down that route. And that supports you in that. And that can come from any various world or any various thing. So believe in yourself. Don't give up. There's going to be times where you want to quit. There's going to be times where you do quit. And if you get that bug back and you're like, you know what? I started this job. I applied here. I started working. I want to go back to my business. Do it. Like this is a never ending thing. You can always jump back in and um, make work work. Like create systems for yourself that makes it easier for you to be great and be humble, be humble. Because if you go into a situation and you act like you have it together, you're limiting the help and the love that's out there. But if you go into a situation and you're like, Hey, look, I'm broke. (laughs) I I'm, I, but I want these results. What do I need to do to get them? Then people are going to believe in your passion And they're going to, there's a lot of people that are going to look down on you and treat you bad. 
But the, all you need is one person to say, I believe in you and I'm willing to bet on you. And because of that, you're going to get your results, you know, and you're going to win. So sometimes you learn what not to do based off of bad experiences and just take it from that. You know, don't allow things to make you feel bad or feel like you're worthless or feel like you're not good enough. Just believe in you. Um, keep pushing forward. If you fail at something, obsess over the solution, not the problem. And I'll put a period on that because this could be a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was perfect. That was perfect. Um, I think I would just say you're not an imposter. You're a beginner. You know, we all start somewhere. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you sitting down with me and, and talking this through. And I think that I, at least I hope it, it proves to be helpful to, to others, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed being here. Thank you for inviting me. It was good to be able to talk and I hope to see people getting results based off of this experience and, you know, kind of learning from each other as well. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Brian, if someone wants to get in touch with you, um, whether it be for web developing or anything else, how can they reach you? You can contact me through my personal email, which is brian, B-R-I-A-N dot brown 66 at yahoo.com. And I will connect you to my team from there. Or you can contact me via text message. Our phone is 346-348-5472. And we can go from there. Perfect. As you know, this is the section where we discuss a question from Instagram. So let's get into this question. All right, this question from Instagram is from Maria. And she asks a question that I think a lot of us have asked before um, or wondered before, and it's how do you stay motivated to work out? Um, and it's a valid question. However, it's not a black and white answer um, because at the end of the day, the motivation does come usually at the beginning, but it will not ever stay. You'll never stay motivated to work out. Uh, so what you do is you use that motivation in the beginning and you combine it with your why, the main reason why you've decided to start getting active on a regular basis, whether that be uh, to feel stronger, um, to alleviate joint pain, to reduce your blood pressure, any of the reasons that you have for your consistent movement, you use that and your motivation in the beginning. And then on those days where it doesn't matter what someone says to motivate you, doesn't matter if you're already wearing your workout clothes, on that day where nothing can possibly motivate you, you go off of the habit that you've created with consistent movement and your why the reason that you are deciding to move and you make it happen. But motivation, unfortunately, Maria, will not last forever. It will come and go, uh, but when it does go, you should always have a why to fall back on. If you'd like to submit a question to be answered on the podcast, feel free to look out on my Instagram at kharveyfit. Check out the stories and be watching closely because there will be a story asking for your questions. I'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Graceful Gains podcast. Don't forget, a new podcast is uploaded every other week. 
and I cannot wait to have more discussions with you.